Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shells nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 for Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Woo. Nearly forgot our name there. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I'm going space crazy. The Mr. Flibble podcast. Mr. Flibble podcast. We should do a spin-off where we're just speaking a penguin voice. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I was silence, trying to do it, it then. I was just like, "What is the penguin?" You're going to do like... an impression of Mr. Flibble yeah. on a podcast. <sighs> That's the sound of hex vision, isn't it? I have no idea. Um, yeah, so this is how we start podcast now. Thanks very much for joining us. I hope you've liked series V so far, because um, it's the best series, basically. I'm loving it. Um, and do you think people are binging this Yeah, I hope so. I know my parents are. They're binging it, are they? They are. Just taking one Sunday completely. Just taking a no, bank holiday as soon, Monday. as soon as it drops, I can imagine they stop everything and yeah, sit just down overnight. and just listen to it and then listen to it again. Just like, honey, uh, we're not sleeping tonight. We've got to get through honey. this. I've, and I've never heard my dad or my mum refer to each other what as kind, honey. Let, let's get into this. <laughs> what kind of pet names do, do your mum and dad call each other? Uh, Alan and Marina. No, there's got to be some kind of baby. <laughs> No. Come on. No. Your dad must have said baby to your mum once. <laughs> no. Baby. Okay, all no. about honey buns. No. Maybe, pie. maybe darling. Darling's a nice one. Maybe. Darling. I think my dad might have said that to my mum. Darling, maybe. Okay. We're getting deep into the Phillips. Like, this last couple of episodes have been very uh, Phillips focused. Yeah. We found out about Phillips toes and now about the uh, terms of endearment. <laughs> This is great. This is great. <laughs> great stuff for Red Wolf Podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, what have you been up to since we recorded this an hour ago I, for the last I, one? I devoured a uh, margarita pizza from Domino's. We are pizza monsters. Yeah. Domino's, we, we sent us some free pizzas. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did that once on my Good radio stuff. show. I had a radio show, an FM radio show, and I said um, on, on air, if Domino's pizza, and we, we knew that they played them in Domino's pizzas down the road. We said, if you're listening, Domino's, please bring me now this pizza. And they brought me it. Amazing. I guess it's a free advertising for them. Yeah. Isn't it? So. Well, okay. So over Easter, I went to a 90s night in Shoreditch. A 90s. Oh, yeah. That thing. Ridiculously drunk. Tell me about this. It had arcades, right? It was really cool. We played beer pong. Okay. There I'm a beer pong was... champion, but go on. <laughs> I. Wow, Daniela is wrecking <laughs> post-pop. Sorry, guys, no more records. Daniela has wrecked post-pop. <laughs> I wrecked the mic. <laughs> Watch us wreck the mic. Psych. Psych. Um, yeah, so I played beer pong. Um, I had board games, which you got a bit confused about because they we never heard of most of them and they didn't and have any instructions. Stuff, no, it was it was like Totoopoly and it was like horse oh, racing yeah, yeah. Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, so I had like TV, nineties sh- TV shows, American shows playing. We get to the arcades, Daniela. Um, I didn't play, 
participate in the arcade. What is the point of going? Um, I did sign up for the karaoke, but they didn't have a list. They just said to me, "What do you want to sing?" And the only '90s song that came in my lit in Boys my the, head, "Boys to Men," end of was, the road, of course. No, it was no? Tupac, "Hit 'Em Up." Okay. And then, for some reason, they didn't decide not to do the karaoke. And in hindsight, listening to the lyrics of that, probably a good thing that I didn't that, do that at karaoke. T- that Tupac song. <laughs> First of all, what kind of two-pack song is that? Because he has a million like good ones, and that isn't really one of them. Uh, it's my favourite. And but like there must have been a million other '90s songs you could have done. I just I was drunk, and she was like, "What song?" And I was like, ah, "I can't think of anything. My mind's gone dead." And what's your, what's your best karaoke story? What's like like if you're on your, on your deathbed, okay, and you're and you have your grandchildren in front of you, and they, got... and they go, "Granny, Granny Phillips, please let us know about that one I've time got... where you smashed karaoke." A great karaoke story, go for possibly it. the best karaoke story ever. Guys, are you waiting for are this? You, okay, go, go okay. For it. So I was in Malaysia. Okay, good start so good, far. Good, yeah, yeah, exotic. Start. Nice. So I'm it, picturing the scene. What part of Malaysia? Uh, Penang. Penang, right? Okay. Yeah. So on the island of Penang. Yeah, yeah. And it was my friend's wedding. Okay. Um, and the night before at the rehearsal dinner, they'd had karaoke, and no one would had got gotten up and done karaoke. Okay. So. They obviously haven't met Daniela Phillips. Yeah. Yet. So right, I, okay. I basically I got up, you know, no shame, started doing some karaoke, and then they wouldn't let me come off. So I did about three or four songs in front of a wedding party uh the rehearsal dinner so not everyone it was just like a small like village hall okay so and you do three or four songs that, that is totally un- against like karaoke etiquette i know but Pass they, the mic. nobody else wanted to do it so they kept saying more and more so you know i gave the public oh, what they no. wanted okay anyway so it was uh it was the day of the wedding so we had we had the ceremony and then there was a massive huge banquet i don't know if you've ever had a chi- been to a chinese wedding banquet before i have actually yeah but it's like huge absolutely like like thing about hundreds chinese, and hundreds of tables thing about chinese weddings though like um I was going to make a really bad joke. Forget it, go on. Okay, you're going to be racist. No, no, I wasn't going to be racist. Okay, so we're sitting down at the banquet. We're probably on course 10 of 20. Okay. And the bride, who who I'm friends with, uh, her uncle came up to me and said, Daniela, Daniela, you have to go up and sing with, with the band on stage. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 no. You know, this is the entertainment. Are, are these people, do they have normal hearing or is it? Is yes. It? Okay, yes. right. Okay. And they were like, no, no, no. Next thing I know, yeah. the the band have taken a break and the lead singer is coming over to me with a song sheet to say, what do you want to sing? This is ridiculous. And, and I, they heard you sing four songs already. Yes. And okay. so I'm like, uh okay, I don't like have you got any words to anything and they're like no 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 we're just gonna have to play it so I was like the wow. only thing I and I, I song I know that they knew was stand by me okay so at, at this point Good, the bride, bride comes over because she's doing the rounds of tables and I said okay your uncle's trying to get me up on stage I'm really sorry she's like no no do it it'll be amazing so wow, next no thing I know <laughs> I get up on stage with yeah. the band and start singing stand by me absolutely nailed it and then afterwards i find out that apparently it's the groom's favorite song oh now it's ruined no he oh, loved what? it they, they loved it <sighs> so i got to perform with a band on stage at this like, huge wedding so that's that was cool really cool in malaysia i think that chinese weddings is um after a while oh, oh, come on you can't, can't get this okay. joke right i can't get it out i'll edit it in <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> no, you can't cut this out. It's too funny. The thing about what's that joke? The thing about Chinese weddings is um oh no, what's the joke? Never mind. 
Um, okay, so my karaoke story. So, like, do you know what ATP is? All Tomorrow's Parties? No. It's like a cool festival for, like, like cool kind of hipstery bands play there. It's really sometimes okay. be quite pretentious. Everyone who goes is, like, really pretentious and, and stuff like that. So, like, I went there with, like, some, some of my mates from, like, Manchester, mostly from Manchester, actually. And there was a whole bunch of us. We had a couple of, like, chalets between us. And we got really drunk. And there was no good bands playing. So, well, oh, what can we do? Oh, there's... um, And it's just like Butlins, by the way. They take over Butlins for, like, a, a weekend. Yeah, for a weekend, it's just, like, indie kids. Um, So, we saw there was karaoke going on. But, oh, well, these pretentious people doing karaoke... So like they were just doing like the coolest kind of like indie songs. And I was like, this is rubbish. So we thought we were all, we were very drunk and very hyper. Like, okay, let's do something different. Let's do some R&B. So I was like, yep, don't worry, guys. I've got this sorted. All of you coming on stage with me. We're going to do boys to men. We'll do close harmonies. It's going to be perfect. And they like to... I so, can't imagine it was. Hang on. So, so and they go, <laughs> and they go, hey, so we... And we all went, yeah, we all know the words. It's just end of the road. Of course we know all the words. Um, no, it wasn't end of the road. It was, an, I'll make love to oh, you. No. It was that. I've, in seen, front of, I've seen them live. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen this live, which is better. <laughs> so we get up and we're like, are we sure we know all this, all the words all the way through? We know this song all the way through. The words are there, but didn't realise. You really that, have to know a song. Yeah. Didn't realise. right? So we all get up. We're all really confident. We're like, we're going to smash these these indie kids away. We didn't realise like there's this like whole like intro bit which we literally have never heard or seen in our lives. We're like what? So we were up there going uh, mumbling like uh, 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 waiting for a bit we knew. We're like oh my god, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and all these like honestly a hundred like two hundred indie kids just with their arms crossed looking at us like we we're scum of the earth. And then it got into the bit that we knew, and like absolutely smashed it. Home run. We had I had all these like indie girls like like throwing stuff at me in a good way i know and they were like trying to like get up on stage and hug me and they were like dancing up and down next to me and like, everyone was cheering it was it was great but then i realized i was going i was way into it and all my friends had kind of gone, gone to the back of the stage kind of left me to be like like the solo one at the front and uh but yeah i think that was quite good so whose karaoke story was better vote <laughs> now vote on twitter oh, come on is it uh my story or jed's story but yeah come on your audience was already like a, like a like shooting fish in a barrel because they wanted to like you these people wanted to hate me and i turned them around uh, also when i was in the weezer cruise um i did uh two in two in sync songs in a row Okay. Um, in front of a bunch of other indie kids, okay. which went down well. That's the episode, guys. That is... Uh... We haven't even started <laughs> talking about quarantine. Okay, so quarantine is episode four <laughs> of series five. And as you guys know, this is just it's one of the best. the best. It is so good. It is just every single bit of this episode is just nigh on it perfect. It knocks it out of the park. It's almost as good as Daniela's karaoke story. It's that almost. good. Almost. Almost. Can't, can't, it's, yeah. Um, and there, there are things in this episode that are some moments in this episode that people, it's what people think Red Dwarf is. People remember Red Dwarf for moments, for certain moments throughout the history of Red Dwarf. And it's like uh, bits in Polymorph, um, bits in Back to Reality. And then this episode. Is this l- is the poster boy for Red Dwarf, I would say. It's one of them for sure. It's just, it's just. Perfect. I know this series has been rimmer centric, but 
God damn, Rimmer is oh, great in this episode. He's Perfect. The best. He is amazing in this episode. Chris Barry is my hero in this episode. Although he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, he's a complete and utter smeghead. Again, like he is in every episode, but this time he goes way too far. Yeah, is, but he has an excuse. This is the first time I don't like Rimmer. Is in the beginning of, is, um, and this isn't when he has an excuse because this is before the the virus takes hold. Yeah, so then let's get into it. Okay. So, um, Red Dwarf, crew of Red Dwarf, they receive a distress call from a from a ship from someone called uh, Doctor Hildegard Landstrom, which is a she's a fancy uh, scientist and a, and a hologram, of course. Yeah, importantly. But something's gone wrong on her ship. Um, is it a ship or is it just like a research base? I thought it was just a base. Yeah, base a ship. It's yeah. something like that. Both can be the same thing, I guess. Um, so basically, they they la- they land Starbug on the ship and they get out and uh, they're trying to look around for Doctor Hildegard Landstrom, and they pass by signs saying it's potentially hazardous and they can mm. die. Um, just stuff like that. It's, it's, and it's quite a horror f- horror. F- there's lots of horror inflections yeah, in this bit, episode. Uh, John Carpenter. Very, very, very John Carpenter. This episode, um, like an abandoned base and on a on a middle of nowhere. Something's not quite right. Exactly. There's a lot of uh, of allusions to like John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah. In this episode, where yes. you can't quite trust people and people aren't quite what they seem, yes. and then they kind of like the, the snowy kind of atmosphere as well, and metallic kind of set. Um, it's yeah, it's great. It's, the scenery in this is great. I mean, I, I love it when they stay aboard Red Dwarf, but I, I also like it when they go out and about. And this yeah, is exploring. one of them. Um, so uh, yeah, so they they try and find uh, Landstrom, um, and oh, this is... So yeah, so um, they are trying to look for Landstrom. Of course, Rimmer is back on board Red Dwarf because they need his hologrammatic projection unit in case they find Landstrom because she's a hologram. So he has to stay aboard. So, fir- so first of all, he's quite perturbed by that. He's been left out like he wasn't in the last episode. Yeah. So he's kind of got, he's already got his kind of like heckles up. He's got his hair. Yeah. His hair up. Hair up. His back up. He's got his back up. <laughs> That's the correct one. And he's got um. So he's already like wanting back to get. Hair. Yeah, he's all wanting to kind of get revenge on these guys. So he can kind of half understand what happens. So yes, yeah, so they eventually find uh, Landstrom. They find a pod. One of the many times they find a pod in Red Dwarf <laughs> with something inside it. Uh, yeah, they open it and out pops kind of like a, a mutated version of Landstrom. Mm, scary. Yeah. And she pops out and she says a few words and she kind of like tries to fry them with with hex vision. Like electricity comes out of her eyes, which is not what what you want from the person you're trying to save. No, no, not really. She's not very grateful. So they go on the run um, on on her base and um, they kind of discover that or they work out that she has contracted a hollow virus. And we don't know it up to now. We don't really know much about a hollow virus, Um, but we kind of figure out it's a bit like... I guess like a normal virus it kind of affects uh holograms of the body and it kind of disrupts the the hologram and it kind of makes them essentially evil like mm. more than evil just downright villainous um and like i didn't know when i first watched this if this was like a man dressed up like a woman just i don't know i think it was a woman i know <laughs> I, I know it's a, I know it's a woman now but like 
just her face was quite manly i know that's probably bad to say but so yeah so she has hex vision um and we they try to get back onto red dwarf but rimmer is pretends that that he can't hear them because he's trying to get revenge though he can hear them very very well he he knows they're in trouble he's basically delaying the inevitable it's been been a complete smackhead yeah but i mean that 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 scene in the beginning where basically um he's trying to give an order and cat refuses and yeah so Crichton and and he says to Crichton you're um merely a mechanoid I just thought that was so mean yeah but he's always been like that he always treats Crichton like a servant rather than I think he crossed the line I think he was being a real dick at that yeah is dick your fa- new favorite word it's been my favorite word for a long time <laughs> okay i'm not I'm, i don't know if we can keep that in or not yeah you can okay <laughs> um yeah so he i mean i guess that's just setting up him being nasty so we kind of understand what he's like a bit later on and yeah he gets his revenge yeah so yeah so they're they're trapped and they, eventually rimmer gets them lets them get back onto uh red dwarf but what happens is before they do that landstrom uses her hex vision too much when you've got the when you've got this virus inside you being a hologram being a hologrammatic scientist that i am i know this that the more you use your hex vision and, and the powers that the holovirus enables you um the more life you, you lose it's like in um in that episode white hole where the smarter you are the less life you get and it's a bit like this the more powers you get the more telekinetic powers you get the more your life force is drained and for a hologram i guess that's just burning out your battery really so that's how they get away from 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 langstrom she basically burns herself out before she can finally kill them and they finally get back onto red dwarf and uh what they have on them is what they've taken from uh langstrom is viruses and positive viruses positive viruses which is a, which is a, a great it's a concept, concept. Yeah. yeah i think it's great but there are such things as kind of positive viruses aren't there like um um you know what they put into yogurt and stuff that's like friendly Good bacteria, bacteria. Yeah. That's like, i always think of that when i think of this episode okay. um and then things like sexual magnetism which which i've got too much of to be, to be quite honest and also <laughs> a luck virus yeah I, I definitely want a bit of that yeah which i think i've got i've got a bit of that myself um so um positive viruses is a great concept if there was a positive virus because you're on the verge of being ill 24 7 i am um if there was a positive virus besides the luck virus and sexual chemistry um what one would you want oh good question i think i would want um maybe cleverness (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah no so like a smart virus yeah okay yeah, that can be what quite about cool. you? i think like a skill virus to give me like a certain skill like or like stamina like, like why are you laughing <laughs> your mind is just forever in the gutter no 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 i was gonna, i was gonna say the skill for singing oh right yeah no i don't need that though um it's you, it's you, in a gutter. as you guys can can no, from our theme song we can sing great yeah i just think stamina just being able to not being you know when you're like when you're like 12 and you can just run forever and it's just you don't feel tired right remember no, that no did you always feel tired <laughs> i never felt tired. tired i would i would like play football till like midnight like every day or something and just wouldn't feel tired at all but but now 30 minutes i'm like wow i just felt, felt like i've climbed a mountain <laughs> um 
yeah, so something quite selfish like that, I guess. Um, so they bring that aboard. Um, and but Rim has, has got his own ideas. He doesn't let them straight on to um, Red Dwarf. The, the, the kind of the, the doors don't open. He says they need to go into quarantine. Yep. The coincidentally, the name of the episode. So they he basically leads them into quarantine. And Lister is like, "Why are you? Why are we in quarantine?" And Rimmer, being the smokehead he is, and because he doubted the uh, Space Corps directives ever existed, he was furnished with a holographic version of the Space Corps directives. And he's throwing it back at them. He's throwing it back at them big style. Yeah. Um, and one of the Space Corps directives is if he's come if you come into contact with with a virus, you need to be in quarantine. Which they are. And uh, just to kind of, if you haven't seen the episode, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast. Stop this podcast now and yeah, watch it. it's on Netflix. But if you haven't seen it, let me give you a picture of the scene. The quarantine room is pretty much ev- like every other room in, in Red Dwarf. It looks like their bunk room, but just a bit more white. In the new series of Red Dwarf, like at 11 and 12, um, the drive room is a cross between this quarantine room and the drive room. It's It's real weird. Um, but it's just basically a white room with a big kind of perspex or glass wall on one end, and that's kind of the observation room where people can look through at you being sick. Um, it's got like one bed, and remember being the smokehead he is, he has told me they they have to stay there, and he's only given them the very limited amount of things to do. Um, there because he really wants to kind of drive at home that he's in charge. And if he always has to have the space call directors thrown in his face, he's going to do the same back to them. Um, so he's only got them a one-person room because this is the only person that's properly registered as a crew member. Um, their diet solely, consists solely of sprout-based dishes. Oh, disgusting. I like sprouts. No. Oh, at Christmas and New Year and stuff. Nice. No. Sprout crumble. Sprout oh. soup. Yeah, it'll be fine. And their entertainment um, is a wallpapering video, um, a listed magazine, a chess set with one piece left, <laughs> and a completed puzzle book. You'd be fine with that, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd be pretty fine. And you know what? This again, like our like our chats about solitary confinement in another episode, I would be completely fine in this situation. Yeah. I don't really need anything to keep me busy. No, and I think Lister's quite optimistic as well. He's like, Yeah, no, it's fine, we can do it. You know, yeah. let's all stay friends, you know, we're boys from the dwarf. Yeah, exactly. But as we see later on, the others don't Doesn't quite like his long. chirpy optimism. <laughs> and I think I would be in like like that in that situation. I'm always the kind of the, the chirpy optimistic one. And um, I think it might drive people insane sometimes. Yeah, I think it's better to be on your own in that situation than Total. with others. Put me in solitary confinement. Where's the toilet? And the toilet's where kind of where it is in the drive room. It's kind of to the right hand side of the um, of the window. Okay. Because you see Crichton coming out of it later uh, when he's trying to fix his head, isn't he? Okay. Um, spoilers. Um. So yeah. So they only have a one person birth room, um, but. As Daniela said, Lister is optimistic about their chances of surviving through uh, through this through this hard time. But they have to spend twelve weeks there as well. So that's three months. Three months with and the thing is, he spends most of their time with those guys anyway. So it's not too different. No, it's just I guess no escape. Exactly. And at least Rimmer's <laughs> not there. So that's the only thing. That's yeah. mostly the only person that drives him insane. Um, so a few days later, it's already gone lord of the flies um lister's got a black eye uh cat's got a broken arm and a broken nose <laughs> and we can see him uh, kind of like just being 
moody, like sitting down. Um, and Crichton emerges from the from the toilet area, I guess. We never really see him into that room because he's had a panel beat his head back into shape um, <laughs> because uh, Lister was put on the, the wallpaper and video. Again, I'd be fine if it was on VHS. It's on VHS as well. I love VHS. I know you do. It'd be fine. Um, but they, they're actually really, really sick of each other's annoying habits. And I guess if you're in close proximity with anyone, you start to notice their kind of bad habits. And what's my... What's my bad habits, Daniel? Have you noticed any? <laughs> um, I don't think you have any. Perfect answer. Great. Um, <laughs> and crashing on. <laughs> you're crashing on before you ask me if you have any. Uh, basically, um, they they really really stick up each other, and just every single little thing is, is is making them angry. And they have they have a little scuffle, and you can see they've had previous fights, damage to cat and stuff, and um, it's over the littlest things. Um, but Crichton does remember being the clever guy again um, that they are allowed to be rescreened after five days and if, if they've suffered no symptoms and as of yet they haven't had any kind nope. of symptoms um, of the disease so they can be rescreened but Rimmer appears in the observation room window yes he's been listening to them yeah like a complete psycho and actually this is this gets kind of real scary this yes. is real kind of silence of the lambs stroke like the hand that rocks the cradle kind of weird he's a great psychopath he really does he's just straight face but basically he looks a bit different he is wearing a gingham dress yeah do you have you ever worn a gingham dress or is it just a school thing i don't think i have no i once wore a like a, a dorothy from wizard of oz outfit but it's blue and white check similar yeah why did you wear that it was halloween oh, okay did you have toto with you as well yes in a, a little basket, basket. yes. Okay, one and of those ruby ones. slippers. Nice. Yeah. Have you got a picture we can put on on a website? Uh, yeah, I think somewhere. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll find that later. <laughs> it's not much of it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's to go with your picture of Daniela's toes, which you've collected from last week. <laughs> yeah. Every episode, you can collect a new picture of Daniela. You unlock a new level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you get this far, you'll it's get like a picture. Pokemon. Oh god, you have got to catch them all though. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so just um, to clarify, you can't catch anything from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll give it five days, Daniel, and we'll see. And then he can be rescreened. Um, so, but Ribbit isn't alone, is he? No. Who's he with? Mr. Flibble. Mr. Flibble. And full disclosure. Yeah. So I've been talking about my guest for like three seasons. Yeah, for a long time. My guest was going to come on today because my guest is Mr. Flibble. See, I figured this out about two seasons ago. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I have a Mr. Flibble. Oh, no, they're cute. Yeah, I really want one. You can get some on, on eBay every now and again, but they're quite expensive. But yeah, Mr. Flibble is awesome. This is obviously the first time we've seen Mr. Flibble and forevermore Red Wolf conventions will never be the same uh, for the for the gingham dress and for Mr. Flibble. Yeah. But we never we never see the king king of the potato people. No, we don't know. That's but that's because Rimmer's trying to trick them. Isn't Has he? anyone ever dressed up as the king of the potato people? I don't know. Did we ask Joe that? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a good idea. So maybe we can be the king and queen of the potato people if we go to the Red Dwarf Convention. Yeah. We just dress up in giant potato in a potato sack with, with crowns on our heads and put just put crisps in our in in our eyes and just <laughs> spit crisps at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> bow before the king of the potato people that's his voice as well 
Um, <laughs> oh god. Yeah, so he's there in this guise, and obviously they're quite shocked because they don't know what they're, they're seeing now. No, it, it's, it's quite it's quite a, a change. <laughs> it's quite a shock for the for the viewers. Like, what is going on? We know that he has the hollow virus from this point, which you kind kind of guess from an earlier scene where Landstrom picks up a walkie-talkie and kind of a, an electricity bolt goes through the machine, essentially. Like a like a nineties kind of virtual reality movie. So having contracted this virus from Landstrom, he's basically totally bonkers. He, he kind of like formulates a way to trick them into saying that they their only escape is to speak to the give a message to the king of the potato people. And uh, Rimba's like, let me get this straight. You want to plead to the king of the potato people for your freedom? What would the, what would the queen of the potato people say to that, Daniela? Uh, I think she would obey her king. That's right, she would. That's my King of the Potato People I'm voice once again. I'm just Googling King of the Potato People to see if any images come up. Okay. And uh, yeah, so he tricks them into kind of like pretending to kind of reveal that they're... What is that, Daniel? That's just a potato with someone's drawn a sharp with Sharpies on it. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I can't see any costumes. Okay, well, well that's, that's one option then. Well, maybe someone from who's, who's been to Dimension Jump Paul will correct us. He says the punishment for being uh, crazy is two hours of W-O-O. And that is two hours without oxygen. oxygen. Two hours w- without oxygen. That'll teach you to be a breadbasket. Um, so, yeah. So they kind of realise that things aren't going to go too well right now because they're going to die of asphyxiation. Yeah. So what do they do in this situation? Luckily, they have a luck virus. Yes. Um, and... So yeah, so they have a luck virus. So what do they do with this luck virus? Lister injects it in himself. They go straight over to the keypad on the door. Yep. But you, would you would you think that Crichton would probably be able to work out that anyway, that code? Well, I guess or maybe it would take ask... some time. Yeah, he'd but... have to try all the different scenarios. But he's a, he's a robot. He can just like connect to it and just run through them really quickly. I don't know. Or what about like Holly? You know, say Holly, let us out. Okay, then. I'm sure she can't like, override the system, can she? she? She is the system. I don't know. Yeah, so he t- types a few numbers into a pad willy-nilly. Uh, it doesn't work. Um, and Crichton tells him you've missed one digit, press another digit, and they're out. Boom. And now comes a series of uh, lucky events where they get together a um, basically a machine, a hologrammatic remote control that can uh, make Rimmer back to his old self. So yeah. they have to, they stumble across all these, all of these um, parts uh, and uh, very, very luckily. And all the while Rimmer is chasing them. Where Mr. Flibble's got crazy eyes. Yeah, and <laughs> his hex vision. So he's firing hex vision at them and uh, doing all kinds of stuff to them to try and uh, basically kill them. And it's great. Rimmer in his, in his gingham dress, floating down corridors with Mr. Flibble in hand. It's just such beautiful kind of encapsulation of Red Dwarf. Just the absurd mixed with sci-fi, mixed with horror, mixed with comedy. It's just completely absurd. And it's brilliant. It's really great. Really good. It's great. And uh, for a long time, I remember the Red Dwarf's magazine. I used to buy that in the 90s. I, th- I think Mr. Flibble and and Rimmer in 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 this guy's was on was on the cover quite a few times. I'm not surprised. Such popular he's, he's characters. Such a star. Yeah, and like I always thought, you know how Red Dwarf like they rehash old characters all the time, like Ace Rimmer and Dwayne Dibley. Just bring them back just because they're fan favourites. I'm really surprised that um, Mr. Flibble didn't make a return. Yeah, like I, I'm kind of glad he hasn't because that's what makes this episode. 
the best. Yeah, it would be cool if they found a way to bring Mr. I, I would forgive them bringing Mr. Fool back for just one episode. Yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Or just like a little nod. A nod, a nod but to I, Mr. Flibble. Yeah, it would be good. <laughs> Where did he come from? Where did he find that dress? It's just, it's just <laughs> great. I mean, it's a hologram, so you probably... Just yeah, someone probably knows the reason why it's a gingham dress, but but we don't. Um, yeah, so uh, they managed to. Well, Rimmer, because he's developed telekinesis now, he actually f- um, th- managed to throw a fire axe into uh, Crichton's back, um, and also manages to kind of laser down a door with his hex vision as well, which is great special effects, Red Dwarf the 90s but uh, they managed to build this machine in order to kind of stop him and they press the button and uh, the hologrammatic remote control unit basically switches him off and turns him back into old river and yeah i guess this is the point that they now get the revenge back on him so oh, brilliant he wakes up <laughs> he wakes up in quarantine obviously. and he's like where am i and uh the, we see the guys in the kind of observation part of uh of the room uh, behind glass all wearing game dresses yeah where did they get their dresses it's great oh, it's so i good. would like to think that he was he was unconscious for days and they spent that time sewing together yeah, yeah. i would like to see that episode of them <laughs> they're sewing circle just like making us getting dresses there. oh i can't wait till yeah, he wakes this up this is gonna be good this is gonna, gonna be brilliant. brilliant best prank ever yeah. um so yeah they're there that will will entertain you and they start doing chicken noises and this is great and then so oh, ends awesome. one of the best episodes of red dwarf and I'll, I'll kind of give a brief list of why i think this is the best episode ever reiterating some of my points and see if you agree with me daniela okay one it is funny as hell yes agree yeah two it has sci-fi concepts that you probably haven't quite seen before such as like hollow viruses and things three we get to see a bit more of another location as well which is great guess but there's and meet another character which is kind of weird they do but i think the thing that makes this the best episode one of the best episode is the fact it's got horror in it i like the fact that it's it's one of their own that becomes the enemy that's a great point yeah yes. the enemy within yeah yes. um and it's just it's a genuine you horror you can't kill them so how are you going to defeat them. Yeah, because like the series couldn't really go on yeah. without the the kind of list and of rumor dynamics. And obviously, Mr. Mr. Flibble. Mr. Flibble's <laughs> great as well. So there's many reasons why this is great. But before we do that, we've got a few people to ask uh, what they think. Um, let's first of all go to Tom's stab in the dark and Daniela. Yeah. Uh, so we're four episodes in. He's still stuck in that black hole. Yeah. I'm think, worried for I think, him. I think he's there for good now, to be what? honest. What? How do you know that? You. F- it seems like you know you something. You should have crawled out by now. Crawling out of a black hole? Has anyone ever done that outside uh, of Interstellar? No, so he's probably in there for good. Wow. Tom Stab, are you there? Calling Tom Stab in the dark. You can't start a fire. You can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for Hello, Tom Stab. Tom Stab in the dark. How are you doing? Hello, Jed. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How's coming through? Okay. You're coming through fine and dandy. How, how is it in your black hole? It's 
colder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> your black hole's colder <laughs> than you thought it would be. <laughs> so I hear, so I hear. Yeah, it's um, like, I, I don't know what the seasons are like here, but it's... Like, I, I guess it's I, the I absence of seasons. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I just, I just wish I'd, I'd thought ahead and maybe packed some extra things. Yeah, so am I right in saying that all you've got there is a microphone that with a lead long enough to reach here and also um, the Red red Dwarf on, on, on VHS? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Cool, excellent. So Luckily, all those things were in my possession. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what you need when you go into a black hole. I've seen Interstellar. Thanks for like making the effort to try and find me as well. That's fine. Like, people gave up hope. Your friends and yeah. family gave up hope. And I was like, no, we really need to know what, what Tom, Tom Stab's up to. Really yeah. Away from yeah. Earth, from yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, so Tom Stab in the Dark. Um, we need your stab in the dark right now on what you think of um, the episode that we're talking about today, which is quarantine. Well, I mean, luckily, yeah. my my uh, Apple my Apple iPhone is working out here. So of I've course, yeah. So luckily, the Wi-Fi in the black hole is really good. Oh, oh yeah, I was going to say. It's excellent. So I've been able to download the podcast and keep up to date with... That's good, I was going to say. Yeah. So and is it completely black where you are? Is can can you is is there any light or what can you well, see? Well, you know when you go to bed, like and you switch the light off yeah. the first time, it's completely right. completely black. And yeah. then after you know maybe sort of five ten minutes, you start to be able to pick out. Yeah. It like shapes. I can't do that. Okay, so it's just <laughs> right. Just nothing like that. It's completely. So the only light you ever see is when you turn red, put red wolf on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, like, I can sort of like, look around me, but again, it's sort of like. And is there any like other people there, or is it just you by yourself? Not that I've heard. I okay. Mean, I just have to every now and then sort of like poke myself in the face to make sure that I'm still here. Yeah. And but it's good because I've got the company of the crew. The crew of the Red, of and Red Dwarf. Me, like I, I'm finding that I'm getting more from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Because I'm I'm identifying with their situation. Their plight, yeah, their exactly. Plight. So I'm you know I'm really I'm really sort of. Understanding you're empathising with yeah, them. Exactly. So, what did you what did you think of uh, quarantine anyway? Obviously, um, you, you've heard what we've said so far, and uh, yeah, we loved it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, luckily, as I said, the, luckily the Wi-Fi was really good. Yes, of course. So I, had, so I listened to the episode where you had the. I'm sorry, I've forgotten her name. The woman who ran runs the uh, Joe, yeah. dimension jump, and she says that there are plenty of people who come dressed as. Uh, quarantine Rimmer yeah and Mr. Flibble yeah of course in, in, the, in the gingham dresses which bit of a fetish yeah and I've obviously been working my way through Red Dwarf and it's, it's fun coming back to episodes that you haven't watched in such a long time you know yeah. like certain points within the episode of, of things that happen or memorable scenes or costumes or something like that yeah. and this is obviously one of those like the most memorable yeah it's a very memorable or, episode or, History. Yeah. And um, what I would ask is, yeah. would this episode be as good without Rimmer dressed like that and with Mr. Mm. I don't think it would be as memorable. I, I think those things are quite iconic and. I mean, they made they got they made it onto a T-shirt and Mr. Flibble was sold and um, I've got a thing for for. To holograms in, in gingham dresses now. So, if you showed me a picture of, of him dressed like the room dressed like that, yeah. Mr. Flibble, I would remember that obviously being from Red 
brought me up so called quarantine. Yeah. I couldn't really tell you a huge amount else of, of what it, yeah, like that. Without going back and rewatching it, I couldn't yeah. tell you a huge amount about that episode. I wonder Yeah. But because it def- it is in the episode, do you think that because of that and just because the episode is a really solid episode, do you think this is one of the best episodes that we've had so far? Because, like, to, to be honest, it to me it is. It, to me, it, it has all the elements of Red Dwarf that you, you, Sorry, that you want. Sorry, in the series or in the whole of Red Dwarf? In the series and the whole of Red Dwarf. Whole, there are episodes I definitely like more. Like, we've spoken yeah. previously, you found me... Before you went around. in, yeah. You, you, well, you found me floating around and we talked about Hollowship before. Like, yeah. I, 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 there are definitely episodes I prefer in yeah. this. This Hollowship renaissance is real weird. It's real weird, but I mean, I, I kind of get it. I, I'm older now. I, I appreciate those type of things and those relationships. But I just think how everyone seems to love Hollyship now. And then obviously you've got in this series as well, we've spoken about the Inquisitor as well, which I think is yeah. a really great episode, really strong episode. Yes. And I imagine in the future, if you find me again, <laughs> yeah. we may discuss Things and Angels and uh, Back, to reality. Back to Reality, which again, a yeah. standout episode. So I think there's a lot of competition in this series but, this uh, series is great yeah but going like again Wi-Fi, fantastic yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can imagine yeah yeah. yeah. As well. and it seems like the fandom don't particularly love this series as much as I thought they would have catching up in, uh, now I'm a bit I older just, and I think at the time it was revolutionary and people loved series 5 but yeah, I, I've noticed that as well in recent years. People seem to maybe because they just want to be contrary and they just want to say they don't like series five, but or they don't think it's as good as people make out. It is as good as people make out. It's the best yeah. series to me. It's the best series. Um, it's like five and then four, then two, then three. Whoa, where's six in your? Oh yeah, no, no, six is in there somewhere as well. That was just <laughs> off the top of my head. Okay, yeah, six is in there somewhere. But five is probably number one, number one or number two. Really? Yeah, it's up there with I love it. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's up there. God, I love it. I'm so, I yeah. love it. Yeah. I miss Norman. I know. All he does is do like random conventions and like Coventry and like. Man, he should never have given up the gig. Should he? He's the Alan Partridge now. of Red Dwarf. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Did I love it. I think it might have, but maybe it was just in uh, Norman Lovett's imagination. <laughs> you know, it's not just mine. Um, but any last thoughts um, from the black hole, um, Pom Stab? Um, I mean, Stab in the dark. We have uh, we have discussed when I was you know, on Earth. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago. About going to Dumb and Jump. Yeah. I think if I was to go. I want to go to Dimension Jump. Yeah. I think I may. Gingham. Well, I know I'd be one of many, but yeah. it is. You know a, a podcast is a contract, right? What? A podcast is a contract. You have to find me. You have to get me home. That's true. I think it's worth it to see you in a gingham dress. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will, I will find you. It uh, shows how low my knowledge of dresses is that I don't know it's a gingham dress. It's a gingham dress, yeah. just mean like... Well, yeah, but you know, in school, like uh, some in school uniform, like girls' school uniform, when you were like little in yeah. the summer, the summer dresses, right? Yeah, they kind of look like picnic. Yeah, like they're called gingham. 
fucking. Maybe I'll just dress as Mr. Flipple. Like, that would be great. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. But then someone dressed as um, Rimmer will put their hand up your ass. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> actually, Which sounds I, like a great I convention do is to me. All of that and just go as when we discuss angels and uh, demons and angels. Yeah. Dressed as evil Rimmer. I think that's a winner. <laughs> I think that is a winner. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll leave you back in the dark. Thanks, man. Uh, Tom Stab. Uh, we'll speak to you hopefully next week. Um, we'll try and get you out of that black hole eventually. Yeah, I mean, you're putting a lot of, lot of effort into contact me. Yeah. You can maybe put a little bit of effort into trying to get me home. Yeah. How about holding, holding on to the mic and like, letting <laughs> us pull you out? But we'll talk about that in another episode. Thanks, Thanks very much. All right. Back to the episode. Bye. Bye. And that was Tom Stab in the dark. Wow. Things are just real Do you weird. Like this feature, people. I like this feature. <laughs> Danielle, you're being really weird about this feature. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for Tom's dad. I, uh, I, I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Ah, oh, poor Tom's dad. I promise you, Tom. Like I promise, I'll, 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 I'll rescue you by next week. That's the deal. And yeah, thanks very much, Tom. Let's go to uh, the guys on the Red Dwarf uk forum and see what they think about this episode and what do the guys on reddwarf.co.uk think about quarantine let's have a look stephen simpson says that gingham dress that hand puppet enough said i think that's a thumbs up from stephen uh simon says never get old never gets old uh, simon says quarantine despite a bit of a dodgy effect moment at the start in brackets, why did they use an obvious still of Landstrom? This was another good one. Landstrom was well done and suitably psychotic, but Barry's hollow virus, as in Chris Barry's hollow virus, deranged Rimmer, really made the episode with Rimmer and Mr. Flibble being another classic of Red Dwarf. Everyone loves Mr. Flibble, of course. Some other great moments as they're playing around with Landstrom's collection of viruses too. Uh, one criticism from me would be that the ending felt a bit rushed. I think it, um, Simon, I think it's just because we all wanted more. I think we wanted to live further in the world of uh, quarantine. We wanted to see what happened to uh, Rimmer um, in his stay in quarantine and what the guys did to get revenge on him. That would have been good. Uh, JMC2000 says, My chief objection, again, JMC2000 hates everything. My chief objection to the episode is the fact that Lister clearly doesn't shuffle the cards properly. My secondary objection is the fact that Felicitas Populi doesn't follow the naming conventions for viruses. JMC2000 once again be the wisest person on the board. He knows his stuff. Um, let's see, let's go on to DJ McBell. And DJ McBell says, Quarantine goes to the completely silly end, but still dark and menacing. This is how wacky should be done in Red Wolf. I don't know why I said it like that. Not overdone, not overused, and still making us think the characters are still in mortal danger. Compared to many bits in Red Dwarf 10, so many quotable bits, including basically anything Rimmer says in the latter half of the episode. Again, wonderful how we can do essentially three pretty substantial parts of the episode. Starbuck in the base, Quarantine Bay, and the chase around Red Dwarf. Fun fact, Mr. Flibble was supposed to be some sort of evil-looking creature at Rimmer's behest, but during rehearsals, they got a penguin glove puppet as a stand-in, and he just sort of stuck. One of my favourite episodes. Thank you for that truth punch there, DJ McBell. Um, and I think that will be all from the RedWolf.co.uk forum. Um, until next time. Yeah, um, we we expected everyone to love yeah, it. So yeah. that's fair enough. Fan fave. 
found the fave. So now the most important bit, Daniela. <gasps> Let's go to the Smegheads chart. <laughs> and here is the Smegheads charts. Number one, Polymorph. Number two, Backwards. Number three, Thanks for the Memory. Number four, Maroon, the best. Number five, The Inquisitor. Number six, Justice. Number seven, Better Than Life. Number eight, Stasis Leak. Number nine, Quig. And number 10, DNA. So where do you think? Number one. What are you talking about? Quarantine is the best episode. Number one. It is one of the best. It is the best. <laughs> Number one, or I will start throwing things at you. I don't think it's better than. So, 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 I don't think it's better than Polymorph yes, or Backwards. Yes. Or Thanks for the Memory. Yes, he is by far. It's a great episode. It's fantastic. Okay, it's we're gonna. So funny. I I think. To me, it is number five. No, number one. It's not good enough it's to be number, number one. one. It's best. So we we'll have to split. We we'll have to split the difference. No. Yeah, we have to. No. That's how it works. <laughs> no. That's how it works. <laughs> number one. It's not number. It's not my number one. So we have to split the difference. What, what's, what's the top five again? So Polymorph Backwards, Thanks for the Memory, Marooned and the Inquisitor. It's better than the Inquisitor. Yeah, and it's better than Marooned. To you, right? Um, thanks for the Memory. It's better than Thanks for the Memory. I think for, for enjoyment. It's for such an iconic episode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, the, the highest I can put it, based on how low I think it is compared to those, is third. That's still top three. That's really I'll good. I'll compromise at number two. And that's no. a big compromise because I think it's the best we Red Dwarf episode ever, even including the ones we haven't done We yet. have to be fair. We have to be fair. And I think it's I think it's number five. No. So it has to it has to be number three, which is very, very high, don't forget. I, I don't. I can't. Oh. You've done this to me a million times, Daniela. I know. Look at my favourite episodes are like number four and number five. It's such a good episode. It's a it's a great it's, episode. It's an iconic episode. It's not as good as Polymorph or I can't even remember what backwards. happens in Polymorph or mean? backwards anymore. Or I can remember backwards. I honestly cannot remember what happened in Polymorph anymore. I think those episodes are better. I I, I think this episode is what happened. What was Polymorph again? <laughs> the fact that I can't remember it <laughs> yeah, speaks volumes. Everyone else can. It's just you, Daniel. Polymorph it? is the one where um, Polymorph is the one where the alien goes onto the ship. And it's a very it's like an alien pastiche, and it takes the it oh. sucks out your your emotions. Quarantine's so much better than that. Quarantine is great, but it's not as good. So we want to have to put it at number three. No, we can't, no, we, number one. Daniela, if it, if, we, if it was just <laughs> you, and the bit we've already recorded, I said that it, we've said that it's number one as well. I managed to, we that, managed that's, to get that's, that that's fine, but it's it's not. <laughs> we have to put it at number three. We have to be fair. No. We have to be fair. Okay. You've put my you've put my favourite one okay. at number four and number five, don't okay. forget. We'll put it at number three, but we'll remember this okay, for, okay. for future episodes in the chart. Okay. You might want to put a number one, okay? This isn't about revenge, Daniela. <laughs> this, this is about fairness. Okay, so we're putting robbed. number three um, uh, for quarantine. The number one's polymorph, number two is backwards, number three is quarantine, number four is thanks to the memory, number five is maroon. Number six, Inquisitor. Number seven, Justice. Number eight, Better Than Life. Nine is Stasis Leak. And ten is Quig at number ten. Yeah. This is Daniela, what are you doing? <laughs> and that's Smegheads Charts. Yep, and we pretty much knew it would be that high. That's... Yeah, you've got a new lead. It's <laughs> near the top, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, 
<laughs> we kind of expected it to be yeah. that high because yeah. it is one of the best episodes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well done on, on pushing Quig further down. Yes, my mission Damn is you. Oh man, Quig, I'm so sorry. At some point, you've got to let me have like an amnesty and push Quig up. Nope. We have to like re re review this no. at some point. <sighs> okay. Um, have we got any other any other parts to this? <laughs> where, where can where will you find us? I'm on Twitter at Daniela of One L Phillips. And on Instagram, don't forget you you always do. I know because you're I on Facebook like, as well, aren't you, Daniela? I am on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I was like, who wants to see pictures of my food? And your feet. And that's all I put on Instagram, really. People do. People okay. people love this podcast. Okay. And people want to find out more about you. can see the lasagna I made last night on um, Instagram. So I'm at Daniela Monica Phillips. On Instagram. Um, I am at Jed Shepherd on both Instagram and Twitter. J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Um, postpoprecords.com is my record label. I'm, I'm also on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn? <laughs> I mean, I LinkedIn. hate that thing. I'm not. I'm not on anything besides Twitter and Instagram, and <laughs> what else? I don't know. Um, and yeah, and that's it. Hope you've uh, enjoyed these four episodes so far. Yeah. And uh, we will see you in during the next episode, I guess, which mm. we're going to record very, very soon. And yeah, don't. I've got right. These last two episodes, don't binge it. Save it. Otherwise, it's going to be like a long wait till till like series six. I know. So save her. At least save one episode. Yeah, or maybe we'll do a little bonus. One, We're going to do some bonus yeah. ones every now and again yeah. until we do series six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't want to. We've done kind of like five seasons non-stop since we started in August. Yeah, it's been hectic. Yeah, it has been. We hectic. need to sort out our live episode as well. We do. Yeah, yeah. and for like the, for the anniversary, maybe. Yeah, and me and Daniela have seen each other more than we ever have since we met. So we met like. Two and a half years ago? Three, uh, years? three, three years ago, maybe. And I've seen you more since August. <laughs> since o- more than total. I've seen my parents, my other <laughs> friends, anyone. It's like I'm your work wife. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It's weird. It's weird. Um, you are queen of the potato people, after all. Yeah. yeah um, true. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, get in touch with us on Twitter and stuff and, and tell us nice things. Are there any other... Actually, while we have this forum... Are there any other podcasts people should be listening to, Daniela? Uh, the I would say the Empire podcast. Listen to That's the Empire one. podcast yep. because you, you'll get Daniela's boyfriend Nick on there saying stuff. Um, and I like uh, How Did This Get Made as how well. How Did This Get Made is awesome. Really good, really good podcast. Yeah, even when they're dissing one of my films. Um, and uh, I would say there's a couple that I would you should listen to. You should listen to We Came, We Saw, We Podcasted featuring um, a former guest. And it's great. It's a great podcast. It's completely weird. Uh, Rob Jelly, who was on a previous podcast, he presents it, the BBC presenter. And have you listened to it yet, Daniela? I haven't, no. It is great. It is a yeah, great, great I'm podcast. I'm behind on my podcast. I yeah. haven't listened to How This Get Made for about three months. I need to catch up. Oh, they've done some good ones. And also, I would also suggest you listen to... Oh, you must remember this. Yeah, yeah. Nick Nick recommended that one. Oh, I've never heard he, it. Oh, yeah. you must remember this is brilliant. But if you like the history of like Hollywood films like from the 20s onwards, really, it's great. Um, yeah, so thanks very much. And uh, t- tell everyone about this podcast too because we... Love it when you do that. Um, speak to you later, Smokeheads. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.
Smegheads is produced by Jed Shepard, that's me, and it's part of the Postpop Network. If you want to find out more about what podcasts we have and what records we release, go to postpoprecords.com. Also, check out Monkey Tennis.